Welcome to another episode of Iowa Stage, a podcast from the Iowa Stage Theater Company. I'm Matt McIver, your host, here with Sean Wilson. Hello, everybody, and uh, our faithful, loving producer, Kyle Bocard. Hey, Kyle, everybody hey, say hey, hi hey. to Kyle. I'm Michael, so I'll, just, I'll turn Matt's up really loud. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here with a very special holiday edition of our podcast with two uh, special guests who've had a huge impact on local theater. Uh, I'll have them introduce themselves in just a moment, but our topic today will be a Christmas carol, which is... A holiday tradition for Iowa Stage and going back to one of our heritage companies, Repertory Theater of Iowa as well, but also it has a new exciting adaptation, new to Iowa, that we'll talk about as well. But uh, our guests today are Richard Maynard and Jay Jagham, and I'll have them introduce themselves. Richard Maynard, would you start, please? Yeah, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you, Maynard? (laughs) That is true. My name is Richard Maynard, I'm playing Scrooge again in this uh, uh, newer adaptation, not necessarily new in years, but new for us. And I played, been Scrooge since we uh, first started doing A Christmas Carol. So that's seven productions. Yeah, going back to 2009. So 2009, right. Ten years. Yeah. And uh, Jay Jagham, Jay, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do in town, and what's your association with the Christmas Carol? Um, I'm the scenic and lighting designer, and on this one will be special effects and especially props all um, together. Assistant and director, co-director. <laughs> I'm not dabbling in there. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm the co-director. So. No. so, yes. And, Jay, you and I first met, actually, I, I have a very clear memory of this, uh, at the original location of the Des Moines Social Club 10 years ago in the summer of 2009, and the topic of that first meeting was A Christmas Carol. It was the first production of A Christmas Carol that Repertory Theater of Iowa did, and uh, Richard, I think that was one of the first times that RTI performed at the Social Club was that production of A Christmas Carol. Is that right, Richard? Jay? Uh might have been yes. the very yeah. first. Yes, one. it was the it was one of the first anyway. Yes, yes. yes. no, yeah, it, it was, was the first. first. It was it the was first. The first. Yes. yes, so the first association between RTI and the Des Moines Social Club, who then was the home for Iowa Stage Theater Company when ISTC launched in 2017, and uh, that particular production, Jay, was. Uh, the first time you had done this in Iowa, right? But you yes. have a history of Christmas Carol that goes back well before that. What was the first production of A Christmas Carol that you designed? I first did it as a grad student at the University of Connecticut, my second year of grad school. And then what was your first professional production? I first did it after that. So that was in 83. And then I did it the first time at the Alley in 88 and had a long history of that production two days before it was supposed to go into the shop to be built and um, go into rehearsal. The TD said that they couldn't build the design that he had been looking at for six months. So the director and I... <laughs> he had it for six months and it took it him until then months. to say yes. that he couldn't build it. That's okay. procrastinating. <laughs> a yeah. little bit. Honestly, a little that's bit. Fantastic. That's kind of admirable. Yes. <laughs> couldn't be built or he couldn't build it. Um, well, we won't get into that. <laughs> but uh, so the director and I did a kind of a 24-hour stint and came up with a new design. Um, and that production lasted one year. And that version, and the next year they decided they wanted to do it again. It had never been done at the alley. And a Christmas Carol in a general. A Christmas Carol in general. Yeah. 
and the associate artistic director decided he would write an ad- adaptation of it. And the who first, was that? Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson. And so that was in 89. 89. And uh, is it safe to say that that adaptation was fairly successful? I would say so. Um, it is still running, so this will make it there either the 29th or the 30th year that they've been right. doing Christmas Carol. Um, doing that adaptation. They're evidently, in going back and looking at it, in 2000 they tried a different adaptation when they changed the set. Mm-hmm. So for from uh, 89 to 99, they used my design, and then they redesigned it and tried a different adaptation that lasted three years, and then they went back to the original, one. The original the Michael adaptation. Wilson. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. So how many actual Christmas Carol scripts... Have you worked on like so? How many scripts has it been all together? Four, 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 four different diff- adaptations of Christmas Carol. Yes, yeah, right, yeah. That's a lot. That's, <laughs> it's a few. That's insane. It's a few. And how many this year will be? How many Christmas carols? How many years that there somewhere in America a Christmas Carol designed by Jay Jagham has been on stage? It's either nineteen or twenty. That's yeah. also a lot. Yes. So Christmas time is not always necessarily my favorite time. It's not a rest. <laughs> it's not a restful time that you spend with your family. I would say no. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but once you get it off its feet, there's really nothing more you have to do, right? I mean, once you design it, and it's all right. But we were using the same set. Come once on, it's, you didn't do anything. Really, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. right. 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 Well, let's let's get to that set. So. Uh, and we should we should point out when Jay talks about the Alley Theater. Alley Theater obviously is one of our great Lort regional theaters in this country. Uh, and Jay, when you what was your association with the Alley? I uh, well, I started working with them when I was in grad school um, as an assistant to an advisor. So I did things there, and then I worked there for a while, kind of part time, and then I became the resident. Scenic designer. I was a uh, assistant for a year, mm-hmm. kind of an associate designer, and then the resident scenic designer for three years. Resident scenic designer for three years. Uh, I I think I read somewhere you were the youngest resident designer um, that they yes. had. Yes, yes. That's impressive in and of no. itself. Um, Richard, you have an association with a Christmas Carol that goes back a ways as well. You uh, grew up in the area, right? Where'd you gr- you grew up? Where? I grew up in this area, yeah. yeah. I grew up in Indianola. Indianola. And moved back. After being gone 28 years, I moved back 15 years ago. 15. And you went where? When you, oh, when my you gosh. Go I went first went to school, to graduate school in California, mm-hmm. UC San Diego, and after, shortly after that, I moved to New York City, and then I got a teaching job at the University of Arkansas. And, and Jay, you also spent time teaching in Arkansas, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he follows me around. Yes. Weird, weird little overlap there. Yeah. You we were in Arkansas. At the same time then. Probably. Because I was there. gone for 25 years out of Iowa. Yeah. 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 And Jay, you also grew up in the area. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His dad was my junior high school coach, as a matter of fact. <laughs> for what? This is how we overlap. For me. For coach, for what? Coach. For me, uh, for junior high football, but he was okay. mainly the high school baseball teacher. Ah. Uh-huh. Oh wow! Our coach, I mean, high school yeah. baseball, and he was a 
I forget what he taught in junior high history. I forget. History. Yeah. One of the things we've discovered uh, on the last episode when we were talking with uh, people who were students of people who were in the podcast, yeah. uh, it's one of the things I love about doing theater in Des Moines is everybody's got all these intersections and the we're all ties that go yes. back. Um, and what, when was the first time, Richard, that you did a Christmas carol? I actually, the first time I did a Christmas carol was in 1979. It was a few months after I, or 1978, excuse me. So you a few beat months, Jay. Earlier than Jay. (laughs) Well, I guess so. And I played Cratchit in that, and that was uh, um, uh, an original adaptation uh, that was done out there. I'm not sure it's ever been done again. But anyway. Out where? Where was uh, that? It was at um, the San Diego Rep. Way back, it's now an equity, pretty, it's like next to the Globe, probably. Yeah, it's one of the most significant equity houses in Southern California. Back then, it was just a non equity um, storefront theater. But anyway, I did it there. was the first time. The most I've done it with is uh, the script that we use, both with RTI and Iowa Stage, for the last seven productions, which is by Larry Carpenter, who's a director of New York who did his adaptation, and I had done that at the Merrimack Repertory Theater. And you knew him, right? I knew him. That's where I met him. Right. Well, I had auditioned for him before. In fact, it occurred to me, I, I did Cratchit 80, uh, 84, 85, and 86, and I actually auditioned for it in its inaugural production in 83 and wasn't cast. <laughs> Fortunately, they, they corrected that but in the later years. they corrected years. that the next year. They realized their mistake. Sure. And so I, I was in that. And then when we were looking for a script, when we first started uh, Repertory Theater of Iowa, I mean, we read lots of scripts. And I always had this one in mind, and we kept coming back to it because – the Larry Carpenter script. Larry has basically has moved on. He basically, in the last, I don't know, two decades, he's directed soap operas and made a lot of bucks. But um, but anyway, I thought this would certainly, it was simple. It really stuck to the Dickens story, and, uh, you know, and it was manageable budget-wise to do it. And fortunately, Jay came on board about that. I want to qualify something I said at the beginning when I was I was only half joking when I said Jay was going to be co-director because he designs in such a way, and I directed a show once that he designed, that he kind of dictates your ball, and I mean that in the best sense, you're blocking for you if you're sensitive to the yeah. set. You know, he makes it both easy for a director and for actors. So that's why I said co-director because in a way he, he has that sense of actor, of 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 bodies being on that set. So anyway, that was shortly after I met Jay, and uh, it was a very big success. And I don't mean this because he's my friend and he's here, but largely due to that magnificent set that he designed for it uh, that was at the old social club at... What was the address? 1408 Locust Street. 1408 Locust Street. Social Club 1.0. And that set fit into how many different spaces? Just three. Three. No. No, Oh, yeah, the Viking. The Viking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The Viking was my first year. That's right. Yeah. So Sean Wilson, again, we have smuggled in uh, Sean not only I as a host. We've been in all these shows that we're talking about. <laughs> uh, so We've been in every show. <laughs> but Sean is also Christmas present uh, in uh, But I was Cratchit that first year. That first year you were Cratchit. No, no, just, no, just was it, I think it was just one. 
And then Richard decided that I was too big to be Cratchit. Uh, Cratchit <laughs> couldn't be bigger than Scrooge. Yeah. That was a very specific I a lot conversation. Of power. <laughs> I actually, I actually, I don't know Cratchit what he's complaining about. He didn't get a he didn't get a Chloris Award for Cratchit. He got one for Chris. <laughs> so let's take it. Let's take a step back and walk through that history a little bit more uh, for folks to follow. So. Uh, we mentioned, Jay, that uh, you and I met talking about that first production of A Christmas Carol. Uh, Richard, Jay, that was early days for Repertory Theater of Iowa, was it not? Yeah. yeah it, was second, uh, second it was our second season. show. Yeah. Well, no, yes, that's right. Second, second season. season right? Second right. season right. for Repertory Theater of Iowa, which is one of the heritage companies of Iowa Stage. Iowa Stage was formed from the merger of RTI and Stage West. Uh, so what what prompted... RTI at that point in, in season two to think about doing a Christmas Carol. Well, I guess that's to me, right? And I can't really remember, except <laughs> I tell you the truth. I mean, I think we wanted to do a Christmas show, and as I recall, we wanted to do kind of the time slot for. Our, we were only doing three shows at that time, plus Salisbury in the summer. That's all we Shakespeare managed. on the lawn at Salisbury. Shakespeare on yes. the lawn at Salisbury. And kind of how it fit into our season, it needed to be a December show. And so we thought about a Christmas show, and I think we looked at some others. But I thought, well, nobody's done – and I checked around, and nobody had done Christmas Carol. And I think part of it was, oh, that old story. You don't want to do Christmas Carol. So anyway, nobody was doing it and hadn't been done in years and years. So I thought, well, let's do Christmas Carol. And I don't know why I didn't. I don't think I looked at the script we ended up using, the Carpenter script that we've been talking about right away. I think we were doing a lot of work looking at other scripts. And then I said, well, my gosh, let's, as I recall, this one's pretty good. And said it. And Jay liked it. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's, that's why. To answer your question is we wanted to do something Christmassy because we were – and, and, oh, I know the other reason, too, is our, the RTI at that time was going to really focus on the classics because, again, we were trying to find our niche here in Des Moines and nobody else was really doing it. Those wonderful plays that have been along for, around for a long while for good reason. They're good plays, you know, and they sometimes tend to be heavier plays, so that was another reason. I think right before that, that was our second season, we'd done um, a trip to Bountiful by, is that Horton Foot? I can't remember yeah, by Horton Foot, you know that's a lot of laughs, and <laughs> show though it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful show. and a gorgeous that was, set. I think that was your first. Well, well, you did the summer the Shakespeare, yes. but the, yes. the the first one, I know, he almost quit after that first one because <laughs> he didn't realize he was it. He was designer, builder, prop master, everything, and so you know we wanted to be uh, cognizant of following up with something not quite so quote heavy, so that's how we came up with Christmas Carol. Jay, you've worked on four different adaptations of Christmas Carol. What's, um, what is the key, what are the, what are the elements that make a successful adaptation in your experience? What makes this a show that you can do for 30 years like the Alley's done? You know, I think that it really does come down in part to finding a good adaptation of it um, that doesn't get too lost in the gimmicks that that's all the show is about because people won't come back and see it. So it has to find a good adaptation that is received well and yet there needs to be enough theatricality to it so that they want to come back. Um, I think the one thing with 
the one that RTI did for, and then Iowa Stage was every year there were small changes um, and improvements. You know, the beginning it was done out of virtually nothing, um, kind of thrown together in a space that really wasn't a theater. So that that building at fourteen hundred eight Locust Street, if I recall correctly, and I may be exaggerating. You essentially built that set out of things you found on the third floor of that building, basically trash <laughs> that had been left by the previous owner, and fashioned a Christmas town out of that and an amazing – what we should say is an amazing painted or drawn – I forget whether it's uh, yes. painted or Sharpie uh, – backdrop of a London street, uh, which is an amazing design that has some history to it itself. Well, yes. Because it was the backdrop for Trip to Bountiful. So that set was either found objects or um, the flat set I had built for Trip to Bountiful. Um, so if you look really closely, you can start seeing after 10 years little bits of that coming through. <laughs> <laughs> I painted over it, yes. You, well, you, mus- you muslined it, right, and then drew? Or no, no, it was, it was muslined right the first time. So oh, it was muslined. I just ah. painted over it. Up on the third floor of that lovely building, um, amongst the finding off the birds and what other varmints were up there. There were birds that lived up there. Yes. We rehearsed up there and once were attacked by birds. Yes. While we were did you paint it in sections or did you have the whole thing up and then and – then, that- In that space, I was able to get it all oh, yeah. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with a couple of little work lights, one Thanksgiving day, I did it basically – in two days, wow. Thanksgiving. You did that whole backdrop in two days. Yeah, well, I'll see if we can add a photo to this because that backdrop's extraordinary. I think the um, amazing thing is is what I spent that first year because back then we were struggling with money. I think I spent less than three hundred and fifty dollars. Um, you spent three hundred and fifty dollars on that first set. Yes. On the whole set or just the backdrop? No, the, the whole, whole set. set. Oh. The whole set. And how long were you expecting that set to last? Um, actually, when I was building it, I was just trying to get something on stage because if you remember, there wasn't even platforms or lighting or chairs or anything. So we were kind of building the whole theater up, mm-hmm. um, from there. Um, and I thought maybe a year, maybe two, right. um, and we got seven years out of it and in that seven time, productions over 10 years. Yes. And moved from storage place to storage place. So I think one time I counted it is, has moved about 28 times. Set has moved out of place 28 times. <laughs> because Which is really good. Move it into a storage and then we'd lose that storage space and we'd have to move it mid-season and then we'd have mm-hmm. to move it again and then we'd have to move it again. So, yeah. It was always fun to figure out how many of the little crosses – on the back, yes. Fence. There's a back fence. <laughs> yeah. So that was like that's how we knew. Okay. Oh yeah. That's how I was counting. It. Yeah. How many crosses were we losing? Yeah. Because they were just a little wooden and they were just kind of nailed on. Yeah. And one piece would fall off. Yeah. But yeah. at least once. Is a that year. still in storage or did we? No. We. we well, the flats are. Actually, the backdrop is being recycled for this production. We're using it again. Ah, okay. We're using it again. Not. As the same backdrop, okay. but it's being used on the set. Oh, and if I recall, so you, there'll be a bit of it still around. You did Trip to Bountiful for less than a thousand dollars, if I recall. Uh, oh, I think I did that for less than yeah. probably a hundred and fifty. So, 
uh, that first – so you first came across this adaptation, Richard, at Merrimack Rep mm-hmm. um, playing Cratchit. Right. And then was it uh, foreordained when RTI did it that you would be screwed? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And Because uh, at that time you guys were essentially you – had, you had the ensemble of actors that were – you had the – Yeah, the, and of the actors I was by far older than anyone else. So right. I kind of you, – You fit the part. myself. Yeah. Fit the part. And that first production, we should say, was originally directed by whom? James Serpento. James Serpento, who is actually in this year's new adaptation, the Michael Wilson adaptation mm-hmm. as well, playing he, he Marley. He was in another ad. I mean, he was in a past production. Too, he was. He played Cratchit. Yeah. He was. He played, he's played Cratchit mm-hmm. in this. He directed the first year. He's played Cratchit, and now he's coming back as Marley, which we're excited about. You know, it was interesting. It, 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 a lot of things that we did even up to last year, you know, and you've directed at, what, the last four productions, I think, five I've directed four of the seven. Four of the seven. Yeah. Uh, there's still parts in there that were his idea, you know. And mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And sound effects. That there's, I mean, a couple of yeah. choice bits. Well, the whole sound score has never do. been changed, right? It's, um, it's been adjusted. Yeah, it's, it's, been adjusted it's, been, it's, it's been repurposed and, and shuffled around in interesting gotcha. ways. Okay. Like but Josh anyway, Jefferson, he did a, the sound for, designer. For getting us off the ground, he did an excellent job. Oh, yeah. And, and built, uh, to your point, Sean, built mm-hmm. a... Um, with, I believe, Radio Garage, built a, a sound score, a soundscape for A Christmas Carol that we have pulled from ever since. Yeah. Uh, Josh Jepson, the sound designer, has uh, made free, moved some things around and done different things, and we've created different effects with it, but it's all been out of that library. Wow. And then, so we did that at the Social Club for, RTI did that at the Social Club for two years, I believe, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, the Social Club lost that space, and where was the third production, third version of that production done? Did we take a year off? Well, we used to do it alternate years up yeah. until I think, I think, I think the first two were back to back, and then there yes. was a year You're off. Right. It was mm-hmm. nine, 2009, 2010, uh, 2011. We did um, Santa Land Diaries or whatever the name of that mm-hmm. is. No. Yeah, the David Sedaris thing we did. Oh, um, okay. uh, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also uh, Homecoming. Tri- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Christmas Homecoming. Memory. The Truman yeah. Capote. Oh, no. Christmas yeah. Memory. Christmas, Christmas Memory. That's right. Well, anyway, to answer your question, after we did it at the Social Club, we did it at Viking. Grandview University. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandview yeah. Grandview University in 2012. And then 13, and then by 14, we were at the Come and Go. Yeah, right. Yes. The Come and Go was the first one at the Come and Go Theater. Right. And that was uh, 2014. Amanda, directed by Amanda uh, Pettifish Shrug. Yeah. Oh, okay. From Iowa State University. Yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, did a lovely production. I, well, I you did the production. second production then, right? I did. I did the 2010 and the 2012. That's right. Yeah. And then Amanda did 14. Yeah. And then you've done it ever since, right? 16, 16, 17, 17 18. and 18. Yeah, yeah we were. Uh, and you were mentioning, Sean, that your first production was the one at Grandview. It was, yeah. So, uh, and that, let's see, that had uh, Jackie Schmillen. That was Jackie uh, Schmillen was uh, in it. Right? She, the, she arrived in town, I think. Uh, she was uh, Belle. Belle. She was Belle. Carrie Scram and uh, who was Cra- oh I was Cratchit uh, and then <laughs> oh John Robinson was playing um, Christmas, Christmas present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. who had played it the From previous the two times. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Donna Scarf, has anybody else ever played her role? She's no. been originated. For she and I, I are the two. Donna Scarf has played Christmas Past for all seven productions, and she is the only 
person, to be person who has show. been in every performance of A Christmas Carol that's been done by our repertory theater of Iowa and yeah. Iowa State. I have. You missed yeah. one. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Richard got, Richard got sick one afternoon yeah, and missed a matinee. Me, <laughs> so that was so that's the only episode. reason that Matt, Don, that's Matt the MacGyver, our director, <laughs> and I heard from his relatives he just did a fantastic job. Don, so that's the reason Donna holds the record for most performances ah, in a single okay. role because she beats Richard by exactly I'm one have performance. To pull a Tanya Harding yeah. on her. To get that was the record a, back. I, you know, honestly, in all the shows that I've done, I've never that's never happened to me where there's been an actor that hasn't been able to make an actual show. Uh, you, and I was, are you making me feel guilty? No, or? I'm not making you feel guilty. I'm just saying that it was such an interesting experience of hauling Matt around that stage. Yeah, <laughs> and like because he's holding the book and and you know i mean you know our bit uh for for, for there's a christmas. there's a it's scene in christmas present where the christmas present and scrooge are flying there's so yeah. much flying around and i basically just took him by the arm and drug him around drug the stage around. Yeah. because it, yeah, yeah. And i'm on. leading that whole thing and he's just got the book he's just you know yeah. the whole time <laughs> almost I barely made it on that evening i don't know what was wrong you were real sick. You were horribly right. ill. You were real. I mean, when you Ill. came in for the right. evening show, you looked like I, death warmed over. I know. Yeah, I thought I was going to die. And, and I, I actually, came on anyway, I actually stayed. I actually stayed until your first line. I didn't leave the building that night until I heard your first line and heard you get a response. And I'm like, ah, that old actor. Now he smelled the audience. He's going to plow all the way through this and be fine. He may drop dead at the end, but <laughs> he's going to get all the way through. Um, so. Talk a little bit, Jay, about this new adaptation or new to Iowa that Iowa Stage is doing. This is a this is one that you helped develop at the Alley with Michael Wilson. Is that right? Yeah. When it was decided that they were going to do it a second time, but with a new adaptation, um, uh, Michael decided I was going to do the scenic design, and the resident costume designer was going to do the costumes. Um, and then they were bringing in Hal Binkley, um, Tony Award winner, to do the lighting. Wonderful. Um, and so that was kind of in March that they decided they were going to do a new one. Um, everybody was relieved, and they instantly trashed the old set because the initial, the original idea was to run that one um, that was adapted by the artistic director. But the art, even the artistic director decided it was not the best production. Um, so it was a very dark, dark show. Um, so uh, for months, you know, passing in the hall, we would talk, what about this idea, what about this idea, and we would meet. And I don't know how much we want to give away about the production, but we would get together a number of Sunday nights and just watch things and talk about how we could make this show relevant and mm -hmm. different. Um, and I think the late 80s was a really interesting time. One of the things about Christmas Carol and the number of times that I've done it is when you do it for this many years over this many – this time span, people's attitudes about Christmas – Good giving, mm -hmm. um, what Christmas should be about changes. Mm -hmm. And the 80s was very materialistic and me, me, me kind of generation. 
And by the late 80s, that was really changing. And so we really wanted to work on coming up with an adaptation that showed something about that and really played up the idea of community Mm -hmm. and that it was a community that changed Scrooge. It's not just Scrooge that does it by himself. And when you come and see the production, you'll understand that sense of community that's in this adaptation. Mm -hmm. Um, And the focus really on people who have very little, have so much to give, and how they really do come together as a community as well, Mm -hmm. not just in changing Scrooge, but in supporting each other. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big thing because that was something that was happening in society in the late 80s is that, Okay, we need to change that. And again, this was in Houston, which at that time, economics we were very different and strange. And so that comes into play. And I think every year that you do a Christmas carol, um, that's what you have to think about is what is the general temperament of society at the time and how should we address that production. It can still be the same production, but just the tone that you mm-hmm. want to have everybody bring into it. And, you know, there's a lot of productions that are all sugar and sap, and those are the ones usually that people get tired of and don't want to come back and see. It's the ones that really still make you stop and think about what Christmas is about that has that coming. Mm-hmm. I think this production is really the other thing we really wanted to work on was something that would reach all ages, Mm -hmm. something that younger people would really enjoy because of the spectacle and that down to, you know, five and six years old, we'd just be excited about that. Um, Those people who are just learning, those kids who are just learning about giving to others and Christmas is not just about getting gifts. And then we wanted to throw enough underlining comedy under there that really only the adults would get you know, it's kind of like what Disney does with their shows. Of you know, it's for kids, but there's those little lines. There's stuff for uh, adults too. Yes, yeah. there's yeah. stuff on the sides there that is really there for the adults to go. Okay, my kid wants to come see Christmas Carol again. Oh, but this one is really fun, and it's always amusing. And there's little things that don't take away from the story that's being told. Right. Um, so those were all things that we were trying to do, as well as really kind of look at the production that had been done before Mm -hmm. and make sure that the overall production had a different feel. If you're going to come back with a different Christmas carol, you want to make sure that there is enough difference to it. That it justified the the switch. Right. Sean, you've you've played multiple roles in, in Christmas Carol. What have you... What if anything? I should say. Have you learned about this show or about this story, and and its its ability to for audiences to come back year after year and still take something away from it? You know, it's funny. I uh, and I, I'm sure Richard feels this way, and especially with the different directors that we've had. Well, I'm, I mean, I've mostly had you, but Amanda mm-hmm. uh, directed the the one year. But every year, you know, I think I have it down. Like, I just got it figured out. But there's always new stuff. Somehow, there's always new stuff in the story that I that just deepens it. I'm like, oh, why didn't I not get that before? Like I, and, I, or, and it made sense before, but then it just I don't, there's something that just clicks. And it seems like it's every single production. That's why I'm really excited about 
this one. It's a brand new script, so it's like a whole new territory. But I, I just think that there's something about um, that path of redemption that people mm. really uh, sort of attach to. Uh, uh, and and that's the season, this Christmas season and what it what it means, I think, especially coming out of the 80s and that completely sort of materialistic field that the 80s had. And I think we're still sort of, you know, now it means more about family and now it means more about community. And I think we're yeah. still on that wave, thank goodness. Um, but um, playing it every, I, I don't know, there's just, there's always something that surprised, and I've done it not as much as Richard and not as much as you and uh, but every year I find something new yeah. and it's just, I, it's just something about that story and how it clicks and how it works. I think Dickens just, I think he just wrote like this perfect Christmas tale. And the thing about it is, is that it isn't all gumdrops and, and, no. and candy dark. canes. It's yeah. super dark. Like it's super yes. dark. There's meaning to it. Yeah. And you have to take Scrooge to a dark place to get him to come back. Mm-hmm. to get him to come and see what Christmas is really all about. And I think it's that journal journey that is really just super interesting for me every year. And I think one of the things that's really, from a de- designing it, the first time I was 22. Yeah. And now I'm just a few years older than that. But yeah. 27, 28? Yeah, something like that. But my approach to the show and what I come up with is very different, and I think that's where because the script is so many layers that the mm. audience can come to it at 10 and at in their late teens and in their late 20s and find something totally different in the show mm-hmm. um, because it is written, and if you do a production that is addressing all the different levels, they'll come and find something new in it every single year. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, like a character like old Joe has really that I've played him for so long, he has evolved. And in fact, when I first started him off, he was a little bit scary, but that was my favorite thing to do every year was play old Joe. And I just made him as scary as possible. He got genuinely terrified. Yeah. 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 And and I think, I mean, I was like, Oh, that's sort of like what I'm figuring out. Like you gotta, you gotta get a little dark with this story, which was, and that's fun to do, you know. I think it, that for me. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Richard. You've you've done this seven productions of Scrooge. Obviously, uh, three is Cratchit, um, four is Cratchit. Twelfth um, production. Your twelfth production this year. Oh, catching up with Jay. <laughs> uh, and first time with a new script. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. It's been the Carpenter production up until now for well, you, except Carp- for the original one I did. 40 years ago. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right. And then, so what What for you, what do you find in that journey? I mean, you're the one who's on stage the most and who has the most uh, ground to cover each year. What What keeps you wanting to go back to that story, back to that well? It's the money, isn't it? It's the money. <laughs> yeah. And and the chance to That's be on what... stage with Sean Wilson. Oh, again. <laughs> we should we should mention that both Sean and Richard are Chloris winners for their performances in yeah. the Christmas Carol. Yeah. But we only won the one year, so I think we've really gone downhill You're, after that. Maybe. You're only actually eligible one year. Oh, is that, oh, is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Anyway, back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true actor. <laughs> Spoken I, like a true Scrooge. What, well, I <clears throat> I agree with with Sean. I mean, I I find something new in that. I, I I don't really understand actors who say, "Oh, they don't want to repeat a role." 
my gosh, if you have a good, really dimensional role like Scrooge is, why wouldn't you want to do yeah. it numerous times? There's a guy out in California as of four years ago who's done it for 38 years. And um, I just read the other day. But, um, I mean, it is. It, it It is a story of redemption. And what I think gets deeper for me is not that he's just this growly old man at the beginning, but he's very angry and he's very lonely and he's obviously very unhappy yeah. of <clears throat> and and the fact that <clears throat> excuse me he learns to take responsibility mm-hmm. there through this journey he takes with the three spirits so the change he makes comes from himself you know he says oh and he you know gets gets another chance at it but he does come to a realization what's interesting throughout the play, and it's in this adaptation as well as the one we've done, is throughout the play with each of the spirits, he keeps saying something to the effect to the spirits, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> but they keep they keep carrying him on this journey, like to say, yeah. as if to say, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. So at the end, and this isn't a spoiler here because everybody knows he sees his grave at when he gets to the last spirit of the future. What? It's not the fact that he's died. We all die, and he's getting up there in years. It's not shocking to see his name on a tombstone. What's shocking is this is how he will have died unless something changes. This is how he will be remembered, which is basically not remembered at all or not for very long. Uh, you know, this is the way he has lived his life is what's going to define it. Those kinds of ideas start to become clearer and clearer to me every time I do it. I wanted to say one thing about uh, the, the kind of tag on to something Jay had said earlier about, you know, it's more than just being all bubbly and light and all that kind of thing. I think the other problem, and we've talked about it, is trying to make it darker than it already is. You know, I think you said it, Allie. They attempted right. that once, and I didn't go over too well. Because you're right. This play's dark. You don't have to embellish the darkness of it. You don't want to shy away from it, but you don't want to have to try to embellish it either. Because even in the first part, when Scrooge is his old mean, um, uh, misanthropic self, he's there's funny moments in it still. You well, know. and you and I have talked about the the admirable qualities in Scrooge, that there are certain things, like as, as negative a character as he is at the outset, he has a certain courage, and he has a certain uh, tenacity, and he has certain admirable qualities that help him get through this journey to uh, uh, the difficulty of the other side. He's, he doesn't quit. You know, yeah. He keeps he keeps going. And he does I, have, a, I think, a narcissistic personality disorder. Does that sound like anyone sounds, we know? Sounds like an issue. <laughs> um, the other thing I think also that just keeps it fresh or what has kept it fresh and has allowed me to find new things is the the rotation of new people that have come in and out of mm-hmm. this play. Oh, that's, that's absolutely uh, true, yeah. Because, you know, and it's any sort of like uh, – and. <laughs> Uh, reaction with it is no two actors are the same, right? So they're always going to give you usually some kind of different line reading on things that you've heard for five, six times that you've done it. And it, that that always helps. I mean, we, we've had amazing people that have, that have come through. Yeah, uh, and we're excited about this year's cast, too. Yeah. I think there's some great folks yeah. uh, in this. Well, uh, thank you all for taking the time 
to to chat a little bit about this classic story and this classic play and an exciting new adaptation, a new to Iowa adaptation. Uh, we are excited to get this in front of audiences starting December 13th at the Stoner Theater of Des Moines Performing Arts. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. What? How spooky. Couldn't be any darker than that, huh? For a, particularly for a, for a play whose proper full title is A Christmas Carol, A Ghost Story of Christmas, yeah. adapted by Michael Wilson, uh, with... Uh, shall we say, considerable help from Jay Jenner. No. <laughs> <laughs> and we're excited to see what uh, what Jay's got in store for the Stoner Theater audiences in terms of that wonderful set and that playground for actors. As, as Shauna, you and Richard mentioned, it's, uh, you know, I, I describe working with Jay as a designer as somewhat cheating for a director because so much is laid out for you so wonderfully. So we are excited uh, to have uh, Sean Wilson back as Christmas present. Uh, and others, Richard Maynard back as Scrooge, Jay Jagham back as overall design guru, lights, sets, special effects, props, uh, special props, and and uh, other duties as required. Is, so, are, are John and Donna and Sean and me are we the four returnees? Are there are there others? Those are just the four. Uh, well, and, and James. Luke. And, and James, James, oh, James and a couple of some of the younger actors, uh, oh, Adam, uh, Anna Mamola is back. Some of the kids. This is one of the few shows that for an Iowa stage season where we have younger actors, and we're very excited about we've had those. The same folks. tiny Tim now for three years. We yes, we've had the same tiny Tim for Luke three Luke years. Keep him in the box. Luke Luft. <laughs> uh, yeah, he so better he not grow. grow. We tiny, just keep him boy. in the box. Right. <laughs> he, he's not allowed to grow or let his voice drop between now and January. I think his parents aren't feeding him. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> We've given specific instructions. Of course, if you want to find out more about all that stuff, you can go to iowastage.org. Just a small little plug there. Uh, iowastage.org. iowastage.org for all of your theater needs. Thank you very much, J. Michael Jagam and Richard Maynard. Thank you, as always, to our loving and tender producer, Kyle, and to my co-host, Sean Wilson. And handsome. Handsome as well. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. Hey, if you like the podcast, uh, give us a, a like or a thumbs up or whatever. Uh, a review? A Reviews review are good? Is, review is good. We're on Spotify. We're on the we're on the YouTube's. I believe we're on the Google Play. We're on the we're on all yeah. kinds of stuff. So wherever you're listening to us, give us a review, give us a like, tell people about us, and uh, click that subscribe going. button, and we will yeah. just magically show up on your personal device of choice. That would be lovely. Oh gosh, it's so great to see folks like that. So thank you for the time, everybody. Thank you for listening and for the conversation. This has been Iowa Stages from the Iowa Stage Theater Company. We'll see you next time. <laughs>